0: last week, um, uh, no, last week was Mother's Day. Well, that was a good Mother's Day, wasn't it? What a great day. We're thankful again for all of the mothers in the house and your role, your responsibility that you have in life and, and you're prayed for from this church. You're a part of this church. You're prayed for every day. Every day you're prayed for and that you have strength and ability to accomplish all that God has put in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen? Um, but the week before, I told you this this month wasn't going to, we weren't going to teach a series, but we were going to talk about a number of different things, just that I feel like God has said that as individual people, we have to get a hold of, and two weeks ago we talked about the tithe and offering, and if you weren't here that day, I'd encourage you to go. And uh, either listen to or download the podcast and listen to the message when we talked about the tithe and, and the offering and, and the importance of it. And it's something that you have to believe in. Like Sandra said earlier, it's, it, God doesn't force you to do th- something like that. And if anybody else forces you to do it, don't do it. I'm going to tell you again, if anybody else forces you to be a tither or a seed sword, don't do it. You've got to believe in it. Because if you don't believe in it, it won't produce the fruit in your life. God wants the fruit in your life. He wants us to produce fruit in everything that we do. So we, we talked about that and um, shared some things in Mother's Day on, on last Sunday. And today and, and next Sunday, we're going to talk about prayer. Um, and... Uh, we're going to talk about what just, for, for the lack of a, a a better title, I'm just going to, I mean, I'm, it, it, we're just talking about prayer, but um, we're going to talk about real prayer. Everybody say real prayer. And, and you may say, well, I didn't know if there was a difference in fake prayer and real prayer. Well, you can judge it after we talk about it. But we need... We need to be people that really pray and we really believe in what we're praying. We, we, we need to be those type of people. Um, if you haven't been here on Wednesday nights for a while, we've been, we, our, our series has been No More Fear. And um, fear cannot be something that's a part of our lives, but we have to believe in it. And we have to understand the traps and the schemes of the enemy. To keep us locked in to a fear-filled life. Uh, the, the, enemy, the, the enemy really doesn't, he really doesn't care whether you go to heaven or not. Whether you get born again or not. He just wants you to live on earth like you're in hell. That's what, that's what he wants. He does not want you to begin to experience daily a life that is like you're in heaven. Jesus brought heaven to the earth so that heaven could live in us. And today, we're fulfilling heaven's plan in the earth. That's what we're created to do. But if we're people in fear, and we're people that don't choose to learn to understand why God would want something from us, as as Sandra was talking earlier regarding the tithe, God's desire is that we're tithers because He wants us to be. Not because that's somebody's idea and, 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 and it's a bunch of mumbo-jumbo and it's just people trying to get money out of you. You think that? Don't do it. It's vital that we understand that there's an exchange involved as a tither. There's an exchange involved. When I give and honor God... With what belongs to him, there's an exchange of his blessing and empowerment on my life to accomplish all things. And it's the only time in the Bible where he tells us he rebukes the devourer on our behalf. He rebukes him. So he's, when, when I'm a tither, the devil's already rebuked. He can't, and so when something appears to be happening in my life and it's not of God, no, 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 no. wait, 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 I'm a tither. Huh. No, 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 you're rebuked you have no place in my life. That fear has no place here. That lack has no place. No, 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 that sickness has no, I'm a tither, that sickness has no right here. Why? Because the devourer that wants to devour your life is rebuked because God rebuked him and I'm entered into that exchange when I honor God in the tithe. God wants us to believe in that. But God wants us to believe in prayer. And if you've been in any in the last probably year and a half or two years, if you've been in different connect groups, if you've been in any, in any of our connect equips, or if you've been a part of our prayer ministry or anything, I, I, and, and I've shared some of it with the whole body, not as much as I have in, in, in some other areas in a personal way, but we've talked a lot about the prayers in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 and Colossians 1. And today I'm going to look at actually three things just today and then next week we'll finish it. But I'm going to look at three things that I think get overlooked when we think of what real prayer is. There's some things that get overlooked. What was Paul what was Paul attempting to say to the church at Ephesus and the church at Colossae and actually Actually, in, in different ways, he was sharing and ministering these truths to, to all the churches that he was a part of. But in these two churches, the church at Ephesus and Colossae, what, what was it that they were doing and what was it about them that Paul could not get off of his mind and out of his heart to pray for them? Why? And that's what I want to look at today, because in the same way you have to believe that the tithe is real, to do it, to receive what God wants, in the same way, anything else you do, and today we're talking about prayer, you have to believe that prayer is something that's real, and you have to understand what it is, and how to operate, and how to step into it, because most people, when they think of prayer... um, most people think of some long, tiring, boring exercise that you have to go through to get God to accept you and like you. I mean, I'm just telling you that's what a lot of people think. may not be what you think, but that's what a lot of people think. Something boring, something that takes a long time Something that demands a lot of time out of me in most cases, if it 's going to be effective it 's got to start at four thirty in the morning um, and it 's got to at least be for two and a half hours and i 've got to you know i mean i mean i, I mean it 's crazy I, I mean and i 'll ask people i 'll ask people at different times i 'll ask them what well, what do you think that prayer is and a lot of times I get responses that are similar to what I just said. God wants us to understand that it is that real prayer is connecting with Him. Real prayer is connecting with God. So we have to learn how to connect with Him, what that connection looks like, and then stay with it. Develop it. Practice it. There's not anything in life that you will turn out to be good at that you didn't practice to get there. You didn't just one day wake up and and become a good something. You had to practice. If you're a basketball player, you didn't just wake up one day and start dribbling the basketball and all of a sudden you had amazing moves and you could do and accomplish all this stuff. You had to practice. And there's usually blood, sweat, and tears involved in anything that you become good at. And prayer is no different. So, today I I just want to look at a few verses of Scripture in these prayers. But I want, to start with, um, I want to start with two verses apart from these prayers that I believe have to do with how we approach prayer. And the first one's found in Deuteronomy 29. I've been telling you I'm going to read this a lot, and actually I've read it every service since I said that. But in Deuteronomy 29 <clears throat> and verse 9, Therefore, keep the words of this covenant, keep the words of this covenant and do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. Therefore, keep the words of this covenant, keep the words of God's covenant with you. Every word of His covenant is tied to things that He's promised us. So, if God has promised us that He rebukes the devourer for us, that the windows of heaven are open over us, blessing is poured out, there's not room enough to receive it, okay? That's part of His covenant, and to keep those words and do them is what produces the fruit of it. You choose not to, then you won't. Embrace the fruit and be uh, on the receiving end of the fruit of that. In prayer, there has to be a system that is built in you to believe these words of the covenant. Anything that you pray, anything that you declare with your mouth. There has to be a belief system established. And in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 13... This is, a, this is a, an amazing passage of Scripture right here. I'm just going to look at the 13th verse. But Jesus made this statement that the greatest faith that he found in all of Israel was in a Roman centurion not in any of the religious people of the day, not anybody, everywhere that Jesus had gone, he had not found faith in most people. Maybe a little here, a little there, a little developed over here, but he said, the greatest faith in all of Israel that I found is in this Roman centurion. He was a man under authority and he was a man that operated in authority and the fact that he understood those two things set him up to receive from Jesus because he believed that Jesus believed in what he was doing. Why? Because Jesus was getting fruit. Things were manifesting in his life. And the Roman centurion saw it, he's not an idiot, and he thought, you know what? This guy believes some stuff. And when Jesus saw the faith in him, when he said, you know what? My servant is sick, but if you'll speak the word. Jesus offered to come to his house. You, you don't need to. Just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Why? Why? What I'm going to tell you is that I believe that the highest form of prayer is me speaking the word and believing that when I say it, because I'm saying it because he told me to say it, it's going to come to pass. And when I believe it's going to come to pass when I say it, then I get it. That's why the Roman centurion had such great faith, because he saw that Jesus was a man that spoke the word and believed it was going to come to pass when he spoke it. I don't need you to come to my house. I mean, I watched you do this. I'm sure that Roman centurion went around and watched everything that he did. Man, I saw you do this and this guy. I saw you change this situation. I saw that person get healed by just a word. And and he tells Jesus, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. And then Jesus said this to him. Verse 13. Jesus said to the centurion, do I? Go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. One translation said, his servant was healed immediately. Now, with these two passages of Scripture that I just read, I want you to think about them very clearly as we look at a couple other things in Ephesians 1, 3, and Colossians 1 but I want you to keep these two in the back of your mind and, and I want you to download those in how you pray in the, in, in the days ahead. It says, as he went, his servant was healed. He said, he said, go your way and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. What I'm going to tell you today, if you get a hold of that, just, just what's written in the red right there, in verse 13 if you get a hold of that for yourself as you believe so it will be done for you i don't care what it is i don't care what it is as you believe it'll be done for you now let's look in ephesians 1 <clears throat> And in Ephesians 1 and verse 15, and I want to I look at this in, I want to look at verse 15 and 16 in the New King James, and then I want to read verse 15 and through 19, through 20, um, I want to read in the Message Bible. So follow with me here. i got a couple things I want you to see. Um, Therefore, I also, after I heard, verse 15 in in the New King James, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints... Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. We see something here that I think is vital in our understanding. A lot of times what happens in our our born-again lives is people come into the kingdom, they hear some truth, they get excited about a little bit of truth here and there, Um. Even at times, because I know I did, even at times, you know, first few years you can get a little prideful because, man, you, you know, actually I, I think I got this down. <laughs> I think I got this thing figured out. And you can get a little prideful in it and, uh, and you know, when you're a little child in the in the kingdom, I mean, it's like things just... Flip and click and happened and boom, bam, boom, bang. This happened and this thing. I, I, I mean, I gave and, and, and uh, you know, a bunch of money came to me. I gave financially and a bunch of money came. Man, I prayed and my body was well. Man, I mean, this thing works. I got this thing figured out. And then one day you pray and you don't see something happen. And then you go to church one day and Pastor Burt's talking about walking in love with people. Well, eh, I don't know about all that. You know, I like the other thing, but I'm not sure about this. You know, I don't know about that walking in love thing. And then one day you go and you hear Pastor Burt talking about uh, about uh, uh, the exchange of the tithe and seed sowing. Yeah, I don't. You know. I, you know. Whatever. Hmm. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start my healing ministry and pray for people to be healed. And then you try that and it doesn't work. Because it takes time and it takes the development of patience. It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. Through faith and patience we inherit the promises. Now I'm just going to tell you this. What Paul was saying to the church at Ephesus, I'm going to say this in, in Texas lingo. Wow, guys. I found out that you guys have begun to walk by faith and really step out and believe God in certain areas of your life, financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, in different areas. And I get word from other people that you guys are actually walking in love with each other. I'm just letting you know, I'm hitting my knees daily for you. because anybody that embraces the promises of my word and begins to walk in love, they're going to be challenged like never before. That's the Texas translation. In all of the different translations kind of put together, Verse sixteen in the in verse sixteen in the New King James says, "I do not cease to give thanks for you." About I, I, I looked at about seven different translations here, and these are words that were used to explain what Paul was saying. In other words, because you're people that are embracing the truth and beginning to walk by faith, because you're people that are learning to not pick and choose who you're going to love. Listen. You pick and choose who you're going to love, and it's a recipe for disaster. Jesus didn't give us an option to love. He commanded us to love. Next week, everybody say next week. I'm going to talk about how to pray and walk in love. Next week, I'm going to talk about how to pray and walk in love. But in this verse 16 other words used to describe in other words to pray without ceasing he said I can't cease I couldn't stop I'm constantly reminded that you need to be prayed for. I pray for you every day. Every one of you, I pray for you. If you're part of this church body of Gates of the City, I pray for you every day. I can't not pray for you. Because of what we're teaching, you need to be prayed for. The challenges and the attacks and the things that come against people because of the Word. How many times did Jesus say? How many times in... in, in In the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4, and and it's in uh, Matthew 13, I think it is, But, but, but in Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower, Jesus said, if you don't understand this concept right here, you'll never understand anything else. What concept? The sower, me, sows the Word. And when I begin to hear teaching and I hear the Word taught, and then I begin to declare... That the greater one lives in me. I fear no evil because God is with me. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound and a well-balanced mind. When I begin to declare things like that, I'm telling you, from every direction, fear will come. The fear, The enemy will begin to see you like a bullseye. That he's, I mean, he's throwing every dart he can throw at you from every direction. That's why you need to be prayed for. I've encouraged you... At different times and different ones of you have really taken it serious. I mean, the ones that have been close to some of the teaching in our uh, Connect Equip classes where, where we've talked about this and, and have really stayed with it and purpose to do it. I'm telling you, you need to pray these prayers over yourself and you need to begin to develop a list. Even if you collectively put 25 people but you name them, you name all the individual people, and you pray for all of them at once. Is that effective? Absolutely. You know why? Because every time, every day that you mention their name, there's something in the spirit world that happens, and when you come by, behind that with this prayer, say in Ephesians 1, Lord, I don't cease to make mention of the people of gates of the city, I don't cease to make mention of them in my prayers that the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that you give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding are open and enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance as a child of God, and what the surpassing greatness of your power is to them as they believe the word of God. And when you pray those things, many times when I'm praying that, different ones of you will come to my mind and come before me, and I, and I begin to see that and think about that, and, and I begin to think and see what I'm telling you right now. What did Paul say? I can't stop. If I'm going to preach this word, then I can't stop praying for you because I'm telling you the attacks are going to come and the enemy's going to come to steal the word that's been sown in your heart. And the more you see it that way for yourself, you'll see it that way for others. We will not give the devil any place. It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. What is the patience for? God's mercy and grace are new every morning. They're overwhelming on our behalf, His mercy and grace. Because we need the patience in our own lives, and he knows it. We need the patience developed so that we believe that what we say is going to come to pass. in, In the last two years, as I went deeper with these three prayers... You, you, you ever hear somebody ever come to you that you've been praying for and they told you that these great things happened in their life? And you know in the back of your mind, I know that I was a part of helping that come to pass. You don't have to tell people that. Don't, don't take credit for it. Get, nobody gets credit for anything. It's not because I prayed. It's because of the revelation of God. And when we're all praying, what can happen? One can do some things, but man, two of us and then five of us and 50 of us and 10,000 of us. What what can happen around the world when we pray like this? Whatever I believe, I'm going to receive the same way that the centurion received, no matter what it is. So whatever it takes for me to believe, I'm going to stay with it till I get it. But I promise you, See, you you can't change a person's mind. You can't make a decision for a person about something in their life. But you can pray these prayers right here that their eyes will be opened up to see what God wants them to see. See, you know, I don't want you to see exactly what I see about every single thing in life. If, If you take your preference and try to shove that on someone else, that's actually witchcraft. Our responsibility is to pray that people see what God wants them to see. Then there's all this pressure off you. You don't have to. I mean, listen, somebody, I had somebody say to me one time, you know what, Pastor, so-and-so just won't do what I've asked him to do. I said, okay. He didn't have to. What do you mean? I said, he didn't have to. Well, yeah, no, 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 no. He can do whatever he wants to do. And if you're busy trying to make people change and do things you want them to do, you're beating a dead horse. People will change when they get enlightened by the Word of God. When there's an enlightenment from the Word of God, people will make changes in how they see things and what they do, what they say. And all types of areas in people's lives begin to change when they get prayed for. Paul said, I can't stop. He said, he said, I'm constantly reminded the church at Ephesus, the church at Colossae, I'm constantly reminded that if you don't have my prayers, you're not going to overcome. That's the attitude that he took. That's the responsibility that he took with the word that he was giving them and sending to them at the time. That's the responsibility that we've taken here, if we're going to preach the word and challenge you and put things out there that go beyond what you can figure out in your natural mind that you've got to receive by faith, then you need our prayers. Because without them, you're in this battle on your own. And I'm telling you today, be encouraged, you're not on your own. Amen? I mean, number one, Jesus is praying for you. He he ever lives to make intercession on your behalf. But when you've got some skin in the game and people behind you and and standing with you and believing over your life, I tell you, it's a win-win. If you allow patience to have its perfect work, just be patient, just be calm. And anything in the times when God comes to you and shows you to do certain things and embrace the words of his covenant, embrace them and do them and follow through and watch to see the manifestations in your own life. Can you say amen to that? God is faithful to that. I want to I read um, Ephesians 1, starting with verse 15. I want to read that in the message translation, so just follow that on the screen in the message. Paul said in verse 15, <clears throat> he said, That's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master Jesus and your outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. I couldn't stop thanking God for you every time I prayed. I think of you and give thanks. But I do more than thank, I ask. Ask the God of our Master Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing Him personally, your eyes focused and clear, so that you can see exactly what it is He's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life He has for His followers, oh! the utter extravagance of His work in us who trust Him. Endless energy and boundless strength. Everybody say, endless energy and boundless strength is what I have from Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, in verse 20, and I want to go back to the New King James Version, verse 20 says this, Everything that we just read, that boundless strength and power, endless and boundless strength and power and ability. Verse 20, and this is in the New King James. Which he worked out in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Which he worked out in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. What was worked out for you and I in our ability to pray and have this endless, boundless power to overcome came through what Jesus accomplished. Now now get this. In the book of Romans, it says, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same spirit that resides on the inside of you. And when he was raised from the dead, it was brought about that the power of this prayer and the declarations, the words, and it's not just, it's not just praying word for word exactly what, how the prayer, I mean, that won't do you any harm at all. But there's things that you can add to it, people that you can add to it, the way that you say it, and and in the direction. But it's a it's it, it it's a it's a pattern that we can go by, and and begin to connect with God in a supernatural way. And when I'm speaking and declaring from the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, then do you think that? the things that need to be resurrected in your and my life, things that need to happen, manifestations that need to come, do you think that there's any power shortage? We're talking about the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that resides on the inside of us. So when I get connected with him, and I'm declaring things that he says are so, and they're part of the covenant, that, it, that has been ratified through the blood of Jesus Christ, and it's, m- these words I'm speaking are part of that covenant, what's going to stop that? One thing. One thing. My unbelief. That's it. What does unbelief mean? Unbelief is the result of me not taking the time to understand what pastor's talking about today and doing something with it. Everybody operates in some form of unbelief at different times, but we want to get rid of unbelief and we want to become doers and believers because as the centurion went his way, he said, as you believe, you go your way as you believe, so it'll be done for you. And his servant was healed that very hour. How many today... Are looking some for some this very hour manifestations, huh? I mean, I mean, I, I'm telling you that what happened for the centurion will happen for us as we believe. He chose to believe that Jesus, that everything Jesus said came to pass, so he believed it would happen for his servant because he was a man under authority. He knew how to submit to authority, but he was a man that knew how to operate in authority. So when he told a servant to come and do this, they did it, and there was no question about it. The same thing was going to happen. You don't need to come to my house. Just speak the word. What can happen when we speak the word and we believe it's going to come to pass? We'll have everything that he says. Everything that we say We can have those things. Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that resides on the inside of me. And there's not anything I can't do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Man. Just lift your hands and thank God for that right now. Praise God. You and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We are prayers, and when we pray and speak and declare the word, it comes to pass. In the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. Look at um, Ephesians 3. I'm just going to do a couple more little things here, and then we'll finish next week. Ephesians 3 and verse uh, 14. And I want to read this out of the Amplified. Amplified. Because I want you to see what's in the parentheses in the first verse here. So, again, he's praying this prayer for the church at Ephesus. And he says this For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ. And again, why is Paul praying these prayers? Because the church at Ephesus is, is taking him at his word and they're learning to walk in love with people. This is the, this is the beginnings of the church. They don't have uh, 45 years of developing the love walk. I'm talking about they're doing it now and everybody and their dog's trying to talk them out of it. Every circumstance coming down the road is a, is a circumstance trying to convince them not to walk in love with people. Paul said, man, these people are doing what I said. You know what, I was reading this a while back and I was thinking, I think, I think that when Paul started getting reports that they were walking by faith and they were walking in love with them, I think it kind of shocked him. I'm constantly reminded, I, I can't stop praying for their lives. I, I can't stop. If I stop, the, the enemy's going to take them out because he's going to convince them that the word doesn't work and none of this happens. The intensity of prayer that I've stepped into in the last couple of years of my life for you, for my family, for, for people in ministry, people that I'm connected with, people, some people I don't even know, or people that are new friends that I add to my... The intensity has, has gone to a level that I didn't know I could have for praying for other people. There's an intensity that is there that causes you to be, begin to be more concerned about others' advancement than even your own. Because, man, for 30 years, in, in, in July of this, of, of this year, next month, we're going to celebrate 30 years of pastoring, of ministry. We've preached a lot of word. Wow. I mean... There's a, there's a bunch of cassette tapes in boxes. We preached a lot of word. Every once in a while I'll have somebody say to me, you know, I was, I was listening to one of your cassette tapes on Walking in Love. That was really good. Dang. I got a responsibility. Whoever's listened to the word, I have responsibility to live it. But to pray that people can overcome and withstand the attack, the only, yeah, how many have ever said this or thought this or you heard other people say it, if I've heard this once, I've heard it close to probably a thousand times without exaggeration. Man, pastor, I didn't start getting attacks till I started coming to church. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because of the word. Because of the word because of the Word. You just read Mark chapter 4 from verse 14 through 22. The attacks come because of the Word. But the end result is when you believe, you you see the results, you see it coming back to you 30, 60, and 100 fold. Because Mark chapter 4 is not talking about sowing financially. I mean, it it, it is uh, ultimately. But first and foremost, it's the sowing of the Word. And when people learn to do that and they start doing that and they start setting themselves up to to be doers and walk in the truth of the word of God, when they start doing that, there's no end to what can be accomplished. No end. And I'm telling you today, your best days are ahead if you take what I'm saying today and you just begin to connect with God in a greater way to a newer level than what you've ever connected with God before. And it starts by praying prayers like this in Ephesians 1 and 3 and Colossians 1. That's where it starts. Just listen to the rest of this. I bow my knee before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 15, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that Father from whom from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in your inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. The most important man that grows and develops in your life is your inner man. It's a good thing to deal with our outer man but if your outer man's more important than your inner man, it'll defeat you. It'll defeat you. Because then your outer man will become your god. When god wants to be god. So whatever you do with the outer man, you do it in glorifying him. You obey him. May Christ verse 17, through your may Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, which is the breadth, the length, the height and depth of it, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience." that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. I don't know about you, that's a lot of words. But that's, I'm telling you as your pastor from my perspective, from our perspective, we pray that over you every day those wordings are what are prayed over you every day. I'm telling you, those words are working because we believe it. If you embrace it today and you receive it over yourself and you start praying that, and many of you are, but you start praying it and agreeing, one will put a 1,000, but two put 10,000. What that means is the multiplication of things that happen in the spirit realm Because nothing that you want to see happen in the natural happens until it happens spiritually first. That's why prayer is so important. That's why words like this are so vitally important that they're spoken. And as the under-shepherd of this body, I'm telling you, I'm not telling you that I pray over you every day to to be all impressed. It's not about the fact, it's not just, it's not about, If I I take credit because something good's happening in your life because of my prayers, that's pride. I'm telling you, it's being put out there. I'm speaking it over myself and everybody else out of direction of the Holy Ghost and it's His words, so it's happening. Yeah, somebody's got to do it, but at the end of the day, it's because of the power of His word. And I promise you, it will work in and through you for you and for others. Listen, there's no greater There's no greater manifestation that will happen in your life that when you begin to develop a faith in God and a trust in God to where you think more about others than you think of yourself. Because actually, that's when God can do for you. When you're just trying to take care of yourself, you're not good at that. You weren't created to do that. God was created to be everything to you. And then when you just do what he says, then everything's taken care of. So we've got to learn about God, and we've got to connect with God this way. And so, in Colossians 1, and and we're going to touch on all three of these prayers again, but I want to finish it with Colossians 1 and verse 9, and I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. So when you see these words again, remember this is why Paul's praying this for these churches. So look at what verse 9 says, and this is the new living. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. What they hear? They're walking by faith and walking in love. They're walking by faith and they're walking in love. We've heard about you. <laughs> I, I'm telling you today, I, I've heard about you people. You, 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 you're taking what we're saying and you're doing something with it. and i've not ceased to pray for you i can't i'm constantly reminded when i was traveling a couple of months ago when i was had gone to australia and i was gone for a couple of weeks and and I, I you know you can get out of your routine and the things that you do but i couldn't i couldn't get out of my routine i didn't miss a day praying i couldn't do it i mean i mean you know oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down here, I'm busy doing other things, well, I'll, I'll get to it when I can. No, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. And I, I feel like I tapped into some of what Paul was feeling for the people. I can't. They're walking by faith, they're taking the word, they're putting the word to work and I can't not pray for them because the enemy's doing everything he can from every direction to make sure they don't believe it, and they don't believe things are really going to happen, and that he's, he's working overtime to make sure that they believe that circumstances are more real than what God has promised. It took Abraham 24 years to get to the place where he really believed, and 11 months later, his child was born. So actually, you can say, pretty quickly, she conceived after he believed. And as you believed, as you believe, so it will be done for you. I don't care what it is. It'll be done for you. It will be done for you. Can you say amen? Glory to God. I'm going to read the rest of this. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. Every kind of good fruit. And your lives will produce every kind. This is Paul praying this for the church. That that you produce every kind of good fruit. Everybody say good fruit. Not nasty fruit, good fruit. Who wants nasty fruit? You ever buy bananas in a bunch? And sometimes they sat there for too long and the last banana or two kind of moldy or kind of black looking and you're thinking, "Eh, who wants one of those? I want a crisp one. Hmm? I want a crisp one ready. He's saying that you're producing good fruit in everything that you do. Then the way you Live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit, and all the while you will grow as you learn to know good, as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience that you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Or one translation says, into the kingdom of the son of his love. And he's transferred us into that kingdom of the son of his love. And we're his sons and daughters that he loves the way he loves Jesus. God doesn't have anything but good all the days of your life. We, Our responsibility is to embrace the words of the covenant and believe them and do them, and we get the fruit. But it's vital that I'm praying, you're praying, that we're all praying and declaring these things. I'll just tell you this. If you're part of Gates of the City, it won't hurt you to pray these three prayers over the whole church. Just say, just say, take you. Pray these three prayers, it'll take you a minute and three seconds. I've timed it. Father, I just thank you today for all of those that call gates of the city their home. Not only the ones that are here, but the ones that are coming. And I begin to pray this, Lord, I do not cease in my prayer, to make mention of each and every one of them, that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, and on and on and on. It wouldn't hurt you to pray that. Because the Ephesians 3 prayer is that we all understand this together, that we come together in that revelation and understanding to realize we're developing faith, we're walking by love, we're letting fear know it has no place in us, And so we need each other's prayers like never before. Can you say amen to that? For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. How many believe that today? You know what? When a person understands that, they'll run to the kingdom. When a person understands that God's not holding things against them, that God wants to liberate them and set them free, they'll run to the kingdom. And that might be you today. You may be here today, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you may not even understand and totally know what that even means. But God wants you to come to a place, because His Word says so, to just make a confession, just say out of your mouth, Jesus, I I need you to take over in my life. I need you to come and live in my heart. I I I need to be forgiven of my sins for my own sake so that I'm not tormented by all my mistakes and live in the power to overcome in everything that I do on a daily basis.